You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday, Finally, this week is coming to an end. If you're a Pelicans fan, you can maybe get away from the constant media coverage of the Anthony Davis trade saga for a little bit. I'll give you some updates on all of that. A lot happened yesterday in the NBA, including the Lakers and Pelicans actually talking. Someone picked up the phone. All right, I'll tell you what went on with those talks. Then you had the big blockbuster trade that wasn't Anthony Davis yesterday with Chris Tapps Porzingis headed to the Dallas Mavericks away from the New York Knicks. Does that make them still in the running for Anthony Davis or are they kind of out of it now that they've lost a major trade piece? I'll give you an update there too and why it might not be the answer that you think. Then finally, I do want to look at and we'll touch on the game too. If teams are going to be really be scared of trading for Anthony Davis, if he's a rental. And I'll give you one reason why maybe he's not as uh, scary to trade for as he could be because he wants to go to the Lakers. And I'll explain what that is. So we got a lot of ground to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. All right, so Anthony Davis trade request updates. There is a lot of stuff being put out there from a lot of different people, and we're going to try and make a little bit more sense of all of it. So keep in mind now, as things are getting leaked from one side or another, it's designed to create some leverage through the media or anything. I think this is all stupid and doesn't actually really affect anything when people ask me that. You know, does it help them or hurt them when things... It doesn't matter. These teams should do enough research that if they're being influenced by the media or they're influenced because they listen to my podcast is I've been accused of having media tell me th- or media uh, front office people tell me things so that I'll get it out there and then it influences the pe- what the Pelicans do. You are so wrong because none of this shit's important and they know what they're doing and they have intel and every team talks to every team. People have other players' numbers, things like that. There's ways to kind of get all of this. So keep that in mind with all of this stuff out there. So this started with the Lakers fans kind of freaking out that the <clears throat> um the Pelicans general manager, Dell Demps, was not picking up his phone for their phone calls, likely because he knows what their offer is. It's pretty obviously going to be some combination of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, um, maybe Zubach, and like first round picks. That's basically what this offer is going to be. Oh, and Kuzma is the one I forgot there. Like that's what they have. It's you don't need to pick up the phone and answer it and be like, so what are you going to offer me? You know what they're going to offer you. They should damn well give you everything. Otherwise, they're not going to get Anthony Davis. It's kind of as simple as that. So supposedly, Dell Dams wasn't taking the calls from there. And maybe it was just kind of not decided who was going to take the calls from the Lakers. So that's where we started the day. And then it ended the day with, well, uh, Woj tweeting out that Demps has taken the Lakers call. They talked and they're going to reconvene before next week's trade deadline a week from yesterday. So no movement on that front. It's come out, of course, that Lonzo Ball doesn't want to play for the Lakers. 
or sorry, play. For, he probably wants to play for the Lakers. He doesn't want to play for the Pelicans. And if he's involved in a trade, would prefer to be moved. You can also say screw him uh, because eventually he'd be a restricted free agent. And he's got to play for you if he wants his money. Simple as that. Though I think maybe they want to avoid that type of distraction with everything. So who knows what's going on there? And then it's come out after, you know, at one point that they coveted him and saw him as the centerpiece for that and that, you know, they they must include him in the deal if they want Anthony Davis. You can imagine that that is the Pelicans leaking that to try and put pressure on other teams um, or to make me just make more pressure on the Lakers to make a better offer, something like that. So you can kind of see where all of these sides are kind of leaking things and who it's coming from. It's not really that hard to really see what is going on here when it comes to all of this stuff. Then supposedly it was that, well, the Lakers don't want to give up too much. And if they don't get Anthony Davis at the trade deadline, they'll just focus their efforts on other targets in the offseason and be like, not even worried about Anthony Davis. It is such bullshit, too, that it's obvious. 29 teams want Anthony Davis. The Lakers maybe want him more than any others. And it seems like they've been orchestrating for him for a while. Same thing with LeBron James and Rich Paul. And AD wants to go there, saying that they're like, oh, maybe we'll just focus on other people is not what's going to happen. They're going to try and make a move for Anthony Davis. That was kind of one of the silliest things I think that I've heard all day. And so that's kind of where things stand with it, to be honest. Supposedly, the Knicks had talked to the Pelicans about maybe a trade involving AD alongside Kristaps Porzingis, but Porzingis is a restricted free agent, so if you don't get a deal done before the trade deadline, you'd have to do a signing trade with him, which complicates things more, and also, he could just say, no, I don't want to go there. He's going to be a free agent, so you know maybe the Pelicans didn't want to bring him in and have him not resign. and by all accounts, it seemed like he just didn't want to come here. He had a meeting with the Knicks brass today, and we'll talk more about this trade in a second, uh, where it says, hey, I don't want to be here anymore because you guys are rebuilding and there's no real winning structure. And so you can imagine he probably doesn't want to come to New Orleans. Being a restricted free agent, if any other team offers him a deal, they can just match. Or he could take a qualifying offer, which would be around $4.7 million and a huge risk given his injury history. But it's still potential for something like that. And if someone does offer him a max deal in the Pelicans match, you have another Eric Gordon situation on your hands, which can be kind of unappealing, even if it did mean Eric Gordon played four years here. So maybe you'd want to avoid that situation so those talks went nowhere. And of course, Porzingis was traded to the Dallas Mavericks something like 30 minutes later. I want to talk about the Knicks more in the next segment because I still think, yeah, they are in the running, maybe even more so than they were before this deal went through. Other news is potentially, potentially Drew Holiday is being shopped around the NBA. It sounds like the Pelicans have been calling other teams to kind of gauge the value. It's more just doing their due diligence on what could we get in return for him, not looking to actively trade him. There's less of a rush if they want to move him, given that he's under contract for a number more years. So I think it's okay. But just being a smart team and being like, what could we get if we tore this all down? You already know that they've put Miritich up for trade, Randall up for trade. We 
you know, you'd hope at least Randall would be gone. I don't know so much about Miritich, um, but at least one of those guys you would expect to be out. So we'll see how this goes. Basically, everyone is up for trade here in New Orleans, other than maybe a guy like Kenrick Williams, other than Frank Jackson, and maybe even Jaleel Okafor. I don't think they would move him, given that they've got a very cheap option on him for next year. So sounds like the phone lines are open. They're talking. We'll see if there's any action before next Thursday's NBA trade deadline. So just like Monday when I did the instant emergency reaction podcast to the Anthony Davis trade request, we're doing that all on the Locked On NBA podcast and across the Locked On podcast network. If you want to know what the Dallas Mavericks think of this, if you want to know what the Knicks think of this, make sure you tune in to Locked On Mavs, Locked On Knicks, and you know we're covering it over at the Locked On NBA podcast. So make sure you tune in to the all of the Locked On podcasts this week to keep up with the trade deadline, get the instant reaction from the experts that are in the city that cover these teams better than anyone else. So the New York Knicks, as I said, they made that trade for Chris Tapp's poor Zingas to the Dallas Mavericks, sending out a lot of money and getting back expiring contracts instead. Not a bad trade for him because now all of a sudden the Knicks can have something like $74 million, $71 million in cap space this coming off season. That is enough for two full max guys, basically Kevin Durant and then a guy at 30%, so Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson potentially. It's a good start on rebuilding your team. Now, you can criticize the Knicks because they've been in this spot before, the summer of LeBron and of Bosch and Wade and all of that, and they ended up with Amari Stoudemire, and that was really it. They paired him with Carmelo Anthony, and we all know that didn't work out. They have one playoff series win, I think, in the past, like, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, something like that. So it's not been a great track record for them of players wanting to go there and play when they have cap space to sign guys. But still... It's intriguing because they did get back some future first-round picks. They're further out. But all of a sudden, you look at this, and it's like, wait a second. You know, they have some assets in space, and maybe they could sell Anthony Davis on being able to win there. And I know a lot of people are killing Anthony Davis. He just wants to go to the big, a big market, the Lakers, the Knicks. No, you look, if you go to the Lakers, him, LeBron, and another free agent, they're going to win. Same thing with the Knicks. Him and Kevin Durant there are going to win in the Eastern Conference. I think it's what the future could be at these teams rather than a proven winner right now. There's more potential maybe in those spots than he feels there are here in New Orleans. But anyway, that's besides the point. But I still think the Knicks are big players here for Anthony Davis, potentially. You can build a decent package around their top pick, which let's say it's in the top three. We don't quite know. They have the worst record right now, but it's a lottery, and the top three picks are all weighted the same now, so you don't know that you're guaranteed the top pick. But top three seems safe for the moment to say. So a top three pick, then you add in Kevin Knox, who I was pretty high on going into the draft, who's looked pretty good and looks like he's going to be a very good scorer in the NBA. Maybe you put in Dennis Smith Jr. as well, who they got back in the trade for Chris Stapp's Porzingis, a guy that we talked about on the podcast, uh, what, about a month or so ago. And I said, I wasn't, I was higher on him than others are who were killing him on Twitter. But look, he's young. He's a former lottery pick. There's potential there at the very least. You can throw in Frank T. Lakina, another guard who at least was a lottery pick as well, even though he hasn't gotten consistent minutes. It's four not horrible pieces right off the bat. Then you can throw in some of those Dallas Mavericks picks, depending on how, you know, they fall or if you want to include them or not. 
At that point, that's not the worst return in the world. You're going for a longer rebuild at that point, certainly, but I think this makes them better players. As as much as Kristaps Porzingis was awesome before the injury, it sounds like it's gonna he's gonna be out for potentially a year and a half, and a big man coming off a torn ACL. Uh, and not having played basketball for a year and a half, and you've got to basically choose to max him out as a restricted free agent, so an Eric Gordon situation, that's not the most appealing thing to be in. Maybe this just makes it a little bit better for the Pelicans that they don't have to worry about that. It takes a potential headache away, and that sounds kind of awesome to me to make life simpler for them and not have to go through uh, you know, a, a restricted free agent saga with someone hopefully ever again like that because that was miserable. So that sounds pretty good to me. And I think that offer at least might be on the table. You know, I think this puts a little bit more pressure also potentially on the Lakers with everything um, and the Celtics because now if Kyrie is still uncertain or not, and it doesn't really sound like he, it is uncertain, but the Knicks have long been a rumored destination for him. Kyrie said he wanted to resign in Boston. Now maybe he's going back on that a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't really sound like it. But this kind of changes the landscape of things. And now the Knicks potentially being players with these picks and these young players, they might want to wait till the offseason to see where that lottery pick falls, their first overall pick, and then can jump into the discussion. But certainly right now it seems there are three teams until a dark horse emerges, which would be the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Knicks. And I think if anything, this makes them far more likely to trade for Anthony Davis or present a package that the Pelicans would like versus having to deal with that Porzingis situation. So this is good because it adds another suitor in this, which drives up more offers, which I definitely think is a good thing. So we'll see where this goes. Certainly the start of what could be something. So before we talk about why the risk of a rental for Anthony Davis isn't as scary as it could be, these rumors about all sorts of trades are still going to be flying constantly throughout the next week. Again, the Locked On NBA podcast is the place to be if you want to make sense of all of it. I'm on there every Wednesday co-hosting as well, so make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So it's very clear that Anthony Davis wants to go to the Lakers, and that's fine, but the Pelicans don't have to trade him there. And if he is insistent and makes it very well known that he only is going to re-sign with the Lakers, does that make him scary to trade for to just be a you know 18-month rental or a one-season rental? And I think the, actual, the answer isn't as scary as it could be. Certainly, if we're looking at that Knicks package, the hypothetical Knicks package of, say, three first-round picks, including a high draft pick, top three pick this coming draft, plus a guy like Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Frank T. Lakina, and you know something else or whatever else, and it doesn't matter, is a lot to give up if you think AD is going to walk in a year. And you probably don't make that trade if you're almost certain he's going to walk in a year. But is he really certain to walk in a year? And that's kind of the big question. Again, he wants to end up on the Lakers. That much is known. But he cannot be a free agent until 2020, the summer then. By then, LeBron James, I believe, will be 36 years old. That is unbelievably old in the NBA. And you have to factor in the extra seasons that he basically has on his legs because of being in the playoffs for so many years and not just getting into the playoffs, but making deep runs into the NBA playoffs to the finals, what, eight straight years or something like that. That is a lot of extra games. It puts extra seasons worth of wear and tear on your body. So that 36-year-old is basically, you know, looking like a 39, 40-year-old with all of the extra games that he's played. Factor in that he's going through the biggest injury he's ever had in his career right now. And 
that's less of an appealing situation in LA than it might be this year when he comes back healthy. You've got AD there too. Some of the young guys, some, because most would need to be given up to go get Anthony Davis in the first place. But a 34-year-old LeBron looks way better than a 36-year-old LeBron. And so I think that's something that also makes it a little bit more up in the air. Maybe you trust that or, or hope if, say, you're the Boston Celtics or the Knicks, that you trade for Anthony Davis, that it, even if he's saying he's just going to be a rental, that maybe you see LeBron James and his body break down next year, and he's not able to lead them as much, and they don't have the success, the playoff success, that they're hoping to have. Does that then convince Anthony Davis to stay with you? It might. It certainly makes your team look a whole lot more appealing than, say, the Lakers do because of an aging starting to get broken down LeBron. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. LeBron is a freak and has kind of proven time and time again that he kind of defies all logic here. So this is pure just speculating and hypotheticals. But it's something that's worth considering as we see him still out with the groin injury, though I think he re- he's returning tonight or last night. I'm recording this before that is announced. So all of a sudden, it's a bit of a different dynamic than you were expecting to see. So keep that in mind that even if he starts saying, hey, I'm only going to re-sign with the Lakers, you keep him for another year, a lot can change in that time. I don't think this is similar to Paul George, where Paul George is much more of a homebody, it sounds like. I guess that's not really the best word to use with him, but you get what I mean. That, you know, maybe he just kind of wanted to stay in OKC and go fishing all the time, which is what he's doing. And maybe he didn't end up wanting kind of the spotlight in LA. But it does sound like Anthony Davis wants all of that. So that could be a big draw. But if you want to win and you put him on a winning situation and then he sees the Lakers not being nearly as good as he was expecting or hoping them to be and LeBron's getting injured and not able to play at the level that he was before, it might make whatever team that trades for him a little bit more intriguing to him than it would have been otherwise. And as I said, things can change. So I don't think that's as scary of a proposition for some of these teams than it would have been otherwise. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans, this week of Locked on Pelicans. It has been a hell of a week, Pelicans fans, but you've made it through it. Pelicans played this weekend there on the road at the Indiana, or sorry, on the road against the San Antonio Spurs Pacers on Monday. And I'll be back with you guys on Monday to recap the Spurs game, preview the Pacers game, give you any updates on the Anthony Davis trade saga, which I'm expecting to drag out. But again, you never know. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all next week. 